Welcome to the Green Card Podcast. This is the place to find out how you could soon be living the American dream. Who am I? I'm James George. I made my dream move to California and I'm loving every minute. Over the next 45 minutes, we will have another amazing guest to help you make your dream move. So today we have a really exciting guest on the show. She's from the e2visareform.org website and she also runs the Facebook group E2 Treaty Investor Visa Holders. Welcome Zoe Adams, how are you? I'm great James, thank you, how are you? I'm really good. I, let's face it, we live in sunny places in the US and life is pretty good when it's sunny. I 100% agree with you there. <laughs> So, sorry, first of all, let me know, where are you from originally in the UK and where do you live now in the US? Okay, um, I've, I've been in a lot of places in the UK. I grew up, um, I was born just outside London, um, but moved to the north, close to Liverpool um, when I was fairly young. So I kind of think of myself more as a northerner. Um, but then I moved back down to the south in my early 20s, met my husband um, we lived in Windsor for a while and then we moved to the south coast um, just outside Fareham and yep. we were living there when we moved here uh, nearly 15 years ago. Great. And um, where and do I, you live now? I now live in a place called Lakeland in Florida, which is about halfway between Orlando and Tampa. OK. And do you live there with your husband still? Do you have any kids, etc.? Um, yeah, I have. My, uh, my husband is Steve and he... He runs our business. We have a, a business um, cleaning and servicing swimming pools. Um, he does that, which gives me the time um, to do the, the things that I do, which I expect we'll talk about in a minute. Yep. Um, I do have two children. Um, Melissa is married with a, um, a little boy, Ben, who's the love of our lives. And I look after him during the week for her while she works. Um, and I also have a son who is at med school and he's currently in his third year of med school. So he's doing what they call clinical rotations um, and he's working in all different aspects of medicine to uh, work out which one would be the one he wants to uh, go into when he starts doing his residency. Um, so that's very exciting, actually. It's very expensive and uh, we have to... Um, <laughs> yeah, it is here, yeah. <laughs> For, um, for that but um, we tell him he's our retirement plan and uh, he will pay us back in the long run so and in regards to how how young were the children when you moved over um they were 12 and 10 okay so they obviously made friends and yes. was it were, were they excited to move was it a, or were they nervous what was it like for them moving over um I, they were excited to move um we we started when we first came here we counted it as a little bit of an adventure um we said if we go and we're there for two three four years and you know it doesn't work out we haven't run a business before um you know you never know if you're going to be successful at what you do um and you know we thought well if we go back or if we go somewhere else at least we've given it a try um but i think um, you, 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 you start to realize that this is home and you start to, you know, the children make friends, you make friends, you get involved in your communities, um, you, you know, and suddenly um, home isn't 
the UK anymore. Home is here. I completely agree with that. How long did it take you or or whether the best question is how did you ever feel as though you wanted to move back? Did you get to that point where you really thought about moving back home to the UK? No, never, never. And I I would say now that we will we would not want to move back at all. And did Um, any of the family ever want to? Did ever the kids come home crying from school? I want to move back. No, um, one of the best things we did, um, we arrived here in September, um, 15 years ago this year. And the following summer, we went back for a couple of weeks and uh, the children were very excited to see all their friends. And I think they both thought that they were going to see their friends and everything was going to be the same. Um, and they would be the cool kids who'd gone to America. But of course, all their friends had moved on as well. Um, and I think they suddenly realised by the end of the two weeks we were there, they were glad to be coming back here. Um, we, yeah, we had this. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. so funny. I think we all go through the same experience because we have we started the process. I don't know about sixteen months or so ago, uh, right. and then we officially got our visa last June. And but we'd essentially been on and off for about a year, and then we went back for Christmas. And my wife was so looking forward to it because she was missing home. She was missing her family and her friends, and she was missing England. She was she's obsessed with seasons, and she was looking forward <laughs> to it being cold at Christmas. And we got back, and it was such a headache being here. Your kids are in your flip flops. You stick them in shorts and a t-shirt, and your flip flops, and you're out. You go. It takes two seconds to leave the house. In the UK, yeah. it takes four hours to leave the home, getting them all in the right <laughs> outfit. You're then soaking wet and cold. We remember we went to the went to see my daughter's friends and. The, we get to the park because they wanted to go to the park and she couldn't go on anything because it was all wet and she's like mommy yeah. I want to go home now and yeah this idea of what life was like completely changed and I think yeah. going back actually helped my wife realize how happy she is actually here yes and I, 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 I obviously we're on the same page with that and I 100% agree and I think anybody that does come here and obviously there are people that come here and can't settle um, you know, my my parents had both died before we came here and Steve's parents both lived out of the UK. So we didn't have that same kind of, oh, my goodness, you know, where we've got family who really don't want us to be away from them. Yes, we have brothers and sisters and, you know, extended family. But, um, you know, we, we, and you have to go back. We we always go back to England to renew our visa. Um and we would go back and we would visit. And, you know, I think the more you go back, you suddenly realize, you know, it, life is life is is where you're, you feel at home and life is where you and your spouse and your children are. And if everybody's happy, then you're happy. And, you know, I, I, I think it's a big um, and I feel very sorry for the people that you know one one part of the of the relationship is is happy and the other part want to go back um and i do know there have been people in that situation yeah. and it's um you know caused caused issues but i think if you are on the same page and you are running a business that is exciting and and is successful um i believe that the opportunities here um, far outweigh any opportunities that we had back in the UK. Yeah, um, I, I, I completely agree with that. When I look at how much 
money I could potentially earn here and how much money I see other people making doing similar businesses. It looks like, especially where I am in California, things are very expensive where we are. But it, the, the whole American dream really does exist. And it feels as though you could come from nothing and transform yourself into a very successful person. And this country yeah. seems to allow you to do that easier. For so, I don't know what it really is, but it seems to have more opportunities. And I think that's the whole, you know, we can segue into the whole thing about the E2 visa. I mean, that is what it's all about. You come here, you start up a business or or buy an existing business. Um, you, you, you know, need to have employees and, you know, you have to run that that business successfully. And some people come here never having run a business before and they completely flounder. And, and that's fair enough, you know, because if you've not done it before, some people come and, you know, they're very much, oh, it's not the same as in the UK, is it? And no, it's not. Um, you know, you have to understand that there's different ways of working and, and, and different ways of how people will treat you. But I think once you do start to become successful, it gives you, I mean, my, I remember my son asking Steve a few years ago, what was the best job you ever had? And immediately he turned around and said this one. He said, because I'm my own boss, I can, I can within reason work the hours that I want to work. I can, you know, if I need to have time off to come and watch you play soccer or, or be in a play at school or whatever, I can do that. Um, whereas I think if you're in that kind of run, 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 run situation of being in a nine to five job or probably not even nine to five, um, you know, you, you miss out on so much. I, I firmly believe that family life here is better. Um, well, we and both live in hot places. So we, That's it's true, very yes. similar where this is the difference between my life in the UK. I run a business in the UK and I run a business here. Um, for me, the main difference is that when I used to go, right, it's quite sunny. I'm going to go home and I'm going to leave work early in the UK. I'd get home. And by the time I got home, it got cloudy. So I made that effort. <laughs> I'd left work thinking I'll go and spend time with the family. And I got home and it was cold. And the kids were like, I don't want to play outside now, daddy. Here... <laughs> It's pretty much every day, whatever time, especially in the summer, I get home and whatever time I get home, I can go to the pool or the beach and it is stunning weather and I can enjoy outside time with my children as opposed to getting home and, and putting a, the TV on every day, which is essentially yeah. what you have to do in the UK. But you yeah. raised a very good point that you didn't run a business and I actually, I recorded a podcast, um, my first podcast with a friend of mine who's looking to move and he said, James, look, you ran businesses before you came over. My problem is, is me and my wife have never run a business before and I said, I know there are people that haven't done it that buy a business and you are one of those people. Mm-hmm. So did, was it, a big shock to you did you find it extremely difficult because you bought a business did you get help from that business to begin with to help you run it tell us a little bit about that we were actually very very lucky um the guy that we bought the business from had started the business from scratch and had run it for 25 years and he didn't want somebody to lose his customers and not treat the people that he had built up a very good relationship with. He didn't want somebody to come in and treat them badly. And he actually offered to stay with us for a year. Um, we wow. paid 
Yeah, yeah, that is very unusual. I've not found anybody else. Sometimes a month or two, but not a year. That's impressive. That was good because, you know, it was a pool servicing business. Um, People say to us sometimes, did you put service pools in the UK? And we're like, no, it would be a huge round in the UK because there's probably only as many pools as we service in the whole of the UK. Yeah. Um, You know, and... And this guy stayed with us. He 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 helped Steve to get his um, state contractor's license. And that has been the biggest thing. But I think even if he had only stayed with us for three months, um, you know, uh, Steve's obviously had good jobs in, in the past. And, you know, he's got we've got common sense between us and. It's very different to running a bit. I'm sure you know it's very different to running a, a business in the UK because, you know, the rules and regulations and all that kind of thing are so different. So I think even if you have run a business before, it's still a big learning curve. So, you know, unless you've never really had a responsible job, it's it's, you know, it, it's not a difficult thing to do. I think especially if you're buying a business where, I mean, getting someone that's given give it, spend a year with you is obviously, that was that was an amazing opportunity. But most yeah, of the time, sure. what you want to do is I'd give everyone advice that I've said on the last podcast, I said buying a business is a very good thing. We, we didn't. We set up a business. And right. there's negatives to that. One of that is you're investing all the money and you don't know if the visa is going to go through. And you've invested that money and there's nothing you can do about it. Yeah. Whereas yeah. if you buy a business, you can put it in an escrow. And if it doesn't go through, then essentially you haven't lost that much. Yeah, you have you have you set up a contract that says if my visa is refused for any reason, yeah. I will not have to give you the money for the business. But also, if and, you're buying a business that's already successful and bringing an income and has already got a client base, your outgoings are not going to be very big. They're just going to be uh, what is buying. Whereas we have we've went spent a lot of money on advertising, and we've actually got to the point now where our business itself is just not profitable and we're like the effort we're going to put into this is it worth it so we're now looking at it and go whilst we've got this amazing business in the uk that worked really well there's a million reasons why the one hasn't worked in the us is it worth us putting in more effort to get to the point of it working now the funny thing is we all we actually decided to use my wife as the person on the visa Mm-hmm. Um, so that we always knew that I would probably do another job. Right. And then we've got five years to work out. If it doesn't go well, we've got five years to work out something. And that's what we're doing at the moment. We're working out the best options of whether we're best trying to renew it and, and what, how to do that, or yeah. getting the green card through other means, which we'll talk about as well, because obviously the main thing of getting you on is you are an E2 visa expert, <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know about that. <laughs> you certainly are. And you have been really trying to – the problem is, which people don't understand um, in regards to these the different visas available, is there isn't a pathway currently that's direct for an E2 to a green card. If you've that's got great. like an L1, for example, then that is, is possible, O1, etc. They There is uh, – they're difficult, but there is – a way which is is definitely doable with ours is a lot more complicated there's hope hope, i think and and that's what i think it's difficult for i mean i know people that have been on this visa for 40 years and have just gone and renewed every five years and um you know they 
they are happy doing that. Um, there's other people who just can't cope with the uncertainty of it. But I think one thing you were saying about, you know, your business is maybe not being successful. What happens with the E2 is that you, you set up a, a, an, um, a holding company, should we say, um, you know, say for argument's sake, james.com. Um, and under that, you, you run James business number one.com. Yeah. If you are finding that that business isn't doing fantastically well, you can then set up James business number two.com and it's still under the umbrella of your. And that's business. essentially what we're doing. And it's a bit complicated because we got, we got given the wrong advice to begin with. We right. set up the, the original company. Uh, as My Little Princess parties in the US, when really we would have made so much more sense to call it something really generic and then had doing business as and then, yeah, yeah. set up the separate ones. So these these are all the small things that often come up in your Facebook group, which is the yeah. E2 Treater Investor Visa holders. So you've got your yeah. website. Um, tell us a little bit about your website first, and then we'll also talk about the Facebook group that you run. Okay, well, we we started um, a group first. Um, basically, what happened was, um, I think it was 2007, um, a friend of mine who I knew through being on a forum had spoken to his uh, member of Congress, and he lives in New Mexico. And the member of Congress literally said to him, what do you mean you don't have a pathway to a green card? That's ridiculous. And your children get to 21 and they're not covered anymore. That is ridiculous. I'm going to do something about that. I'm going to put a bill forward for you. And that was the first time that we actually realized that we could ask the U.S. government to change something, to, to put a, a, a law forward for us. You know, you think that because you're a a foreigner living in a in a another country that you have no say in in that. So we realized from then that actually we could do something about it. Um, and the nice thing about the American political um, situation is that if you go to Washington, you can basically walk in and out of people's offices Um and that was what we did. The following year, 2008, was the first time I went to Washington. And we set up a couple of appointments with people, you know, that we knew. My con my member of Congress, I met with somebody in his office. We met with somebody from the, the lady in New Mexico's office and chatted to them. But we walked into some other offices and said, hey, you know, can we speak to the person who deals with immigration? Sometimes they say, no, they're not available. And you leave them a, a folder of information um, sometimes they say, yeah, hang on a minute, I'll get somebody to come out and chat to you. And that was what we realized was actually, hey, you know, this could potentially work. So we thought, great, we've got a bill. We've got three people who've co-sponsored this bill. We can talk to all these people. Yeah, we're all going to get green cards. Uh, no, not quite that easy. Um, we realized as time went on, um, bills only last for two years. Bills last for the length of the Congress. Um, so, uh, the lady who had originally put the bill forward was unsuccessful at running for the Senate and so was out of Washington. So my member of Congress, um, put the same bill forward, um, the following year. So we had another two years and then we started to realize you have to talk to the right people on the right committees. 
it's not just a case of getting five or 10 people interested. You need an, an awful lot more. So we started to um, get a group together of people who were on E2s. Um, in Florida, especially, there's an awful lot of, especially Brits, but also, you know, German and, and you know, all sorts of people. And um, I started then. That was when I started the website and we started getting people come. I started getting people emailing me and I built up a group and I've kept the group. I've got about a thousand E2 contacts um, and some people leave and then we get new people. So it kind of sticks at around a thousand. I wouldn't say everybody is particularly active, but there are big core of people who will talk to their member of Congress. They and, and, you know, that's easy. You go down to the local office and you say, can I meet with somebody who deals with immigration? And and they say, well, not sure. It took us a year to get to sit down in front of our member of Congress. But I pushed at it. I used to turn up every couple of weeks and say, any chance I could make an appointment? And in the end, I think they got so fed up with me, they just said yes. And I sat down with my member of Congress and he sat with us for 45 minutes and about halfway through, he said to us, well, why don't you just apply to become citizens? And then he went, oh, duh, I suppose you need to have a green card first, do you? <laughs> and I said, yes. And I said, you are a member of Congress and even you are not necessarily knowing that straight off. So I think that's one of the main things. I, I am fully... Um, believe I fully believe that people in the US politicians and everybody else think that if you are here legally you automatically have a way to stay and it is yeah. the case yeah and that, that obviously everything that's going on with the US right now and why people might be scared about moving to the US is essentially they are trying to make trying to I suppose kick out non-American citizens would be the, the polite way of putting it. But the difference is, is I think it, um, Trump and whoever's in charge, they're all for people who bring value to the country and who yes. are, and the E2 visa is essentially us employing Americans. So from yes. an American standpoint, they look at it and with the E2 visa, you're, Normally, you have to employ at least one to two people. Often, these businesses, it's a lot more. We're bringing money to America, and we're spending it in America, and we are giving people jobs. So it's a visa which I don't think they'll ever get rid of. Whether they'll change how it works is another thing. Whether in the future, yes. very similar to like the EB-5, where they'll increase how much you have to spend maybe – um, or, or how many employees? I think that E2 visa is always going to be there. Yes, and the and the main reason for that is that the E2 visa is a treaty visa with countries that have a treaty with the US. So it's it's kind of hard for them to just say we're not going to do this anymore. I think you're right. I've not had any indication from anybody. I was in Washington in February and met with. Many, many people. I think we had over 30 appointments for the three days we were there. Um, and nobody gave us any indication that they thought the E2 would change in any way. Uh, it was nice that there was some people that knew all about the E2. They'd actually had somebody from their district had come in and talked to them. And other people would say, don't know anything about it. Tell me what it's all about. 
And most of them were surprised that there was no direct way forward to get a green card. Um, so, so for people looking at what visas to get and possibly moving, essentially, at the moment, it looks like they don't have to be worried about an E2 visa being taken away or whether they'd be able to renew it. That doesn't seem like it's the problem. Uh, whilst they also shouldn't be looking at the E2 as, I definitely can get a green card, there yeah. are definitely still ways of getting it. And I know we we quickly talked about it off air and I've talked about it in my other podcast that I did that there is a possibility of you still getting a green card from the from the E2. What's your understanding of the different pathways in regards to it? Because there isn't a direct one, but it is still possible. Yes, it is. Um, a lot of people. There's two different ways to come on the E2. You can come with a main E2 visa holder and a spouse. Um, and that can be either way around. Um and in that case, the spouse um, is eligible to apply for a work authorization document, um, a work authorization, whatever it is. Um, and they can potentially get a job. They can potentially be uh, sponsored by the company that they work for to get a green card. And then that would cover themselves and their spouse and children under 21. Um, there's also a situation, and I can speak from personal experience about this. Um, my children were 12 and 10 when we arrived. We've been here for nearly 15 years. My daughter is now married, um, and she has recently become a U.S. citizen. And currently, U.S. citizen children can sponsor their parents, and it's a fairly easy pathway um we think it's probably going to take about a year but it's a it seems to be a pathway that is not an issue it's not a case of whether you get it it's a case of you will get it but there is talk about chain migration um which is you know doing this for parents and siblings and children and all that kind of thing um being severely made smaller and the possibility that parents will be impacted so that they can't do that anymore. But I have to say, um, I think an awful lot of some of the stuff and, and, you know, on the Facebook group, we have people who put things up saying, oh, you know, this has come out in the news and everything. And some of it, I think, you know, it's news. It's not necessarily what's happening. Um, the reality is that there's been very, very little immigration reform in many in, in a long time. Um, there's been talks, there's been bills, um, there's been bills that have included the two people, um, mainly things that suggest that you have to have been here for 10 years, have a certain number of employees. Um, and that way. Oops, sorry, my phone. My, That's all right. <laughs> um, you know. But those bills have never gone through. And I think the main issue is, and it's not one side or the other, it's the fact that the two parties are so completely um, at opposite ends of the spectrum on immigration. Um, and I say to everybody, there's there's the, the far right, there's the far left. The answer actually lies in the middle. Um, and the answer for an awful lot of the immigration issues lie in the middle. And it is whether or not um, they can get themselves sorted out to get together. And I think there is more of a um, possibility of that happening 
uh, oh, there was a few weeks ago. When we were in Washington, we met with people from both sides and both sides agreed that we were a, a group of people that needed to be helped for everything you said. We're employees, we're investors, we, you know, we pay our taxes, large percentage of us own property out here. We're buying vehicles, um, you know, all that kind of thing. Um, but I think the will that there's too much politics involved, you know, well, if you're going to do that for them, you've got to do something for this lot of people and all that kind of thing. And that's when it becomes difficult. And also they've got so much on their plate all the time with other stuff. But as soon yeah. as someone asks, as soon as like, Trump this is America. We pledge allegiance to the Trump comes into power he has a set of things that he wants to get in done you know reform on health care and all of that but that's his priority so the e2 visa is probably the millionth thing down on the list of priorities yeah. and yeah. that's when they're talking about the eb5 getting every single they keep renewing it they keep saying they're going to put it up but they haven't in regards to yeah. a minimum 500,000 or a million depending on the area um, they're talking about that going up but yet they still keep just renewing it at the same point yeah and... i think they know that is that that is a good visa for people to come and you know there's no getting away from it on that visa when you buy into a government um project you are buying a green card you don't have to work in the project you don't have yeah. to live in the area for you and your spouse and your children under 21 you get green cards conditional at first and then the conditions are removed um and until the conditions are removed it's not a full green card but you know, it's it's obviously the, my, my problem at the moment is I feel as though um, I'm going to be successful in the US and I feel as though that that would be possibly achievable in a few years. But my worry is if I went ahead and went right, that's the route I'm going to go down. By the time I get to that point, they could probably have put it up. And I think that's yeah. one of the most um, frustrating thing about the, getting a visa in the US is. There isn't really – we don't know certain dates on certain things. There isn't certain criteria, especially with the E2, which I wanted to bring up, was how much did you actually invest when you came here? We um, – our business cost us 135000 Yep. And we had two employees. And I have um, read that – and it looks – that people have done it as, much as, tw as low as 25000 believe it or not. Yeah, I, I think they've been very I will be honest and say I think they've been very lucky. Um, but uh, immigration attorneys are a very different species and you get some that um, know everything about the E2 and you'll get other ones that that's not their main area of expertise. Um, <coughs> excuse me. I've had people that have told me things that immigration attorneys have said to them. And I've kind of looked at them in absolute horror. Yeah. Um, my husband tells me that I should really 
um, you know, <laughs> go and do a law degree <laughs> and become an immigration attorney because I probably know as much about the E2. But that is my area of, of expertise. I don't know anything about really about the other visas. I have a, a kind of working knowledge of them, but I, I, you know, couldn't advise anybody about any other visa. But I have, and, and mainly just through the fact that I know so many people and I've spoken to so many people and I've heard of the issues and I've heard of yeah. the problems they've had and I've shared the good times and the bad times. Um, you know, and I and I feel very privileged for that. And I I set up the Facebook group because a lot because I would get people that would ask me questions that I personally didn't have knowledge of. You know, I don't have a work authorization number because, you know, I didn't have a real career in the UK. I didn't feel that there was a job I would do over here that would give me sponsorship. And the thing you have to remember about doing the E2 that way is that if the main visa holder is no longer um, an E2 visa holder, so if you get divorced or if, God forbid, something happens to the to the main E2 visa holder, the other people on the E2 are only counted as dependents, so they have to leave. Yeah, that's uh, very true. And that was a big um, thought for us. You told me uh, something before that was really interesting before we came on air and you said that someone actually invested half a million and still didn't get the E2. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I get, you know, stories from people. And, and as I say, I, use, I, I go on a couple of forums as well. Um, and you're always getting people who say, oh, you know, well, this person didn't get their visa and they had this much money. I, I think there was a time quite a few years ago when there was a lady at the London embassy who thought everybody was a, was scamming the system um she thought it was all property management companies who were bringing over friends to do um you know their pest control and their lawns and their pools and everything and she was keeping people for a year waiting and at that time there was immigration attorneys trying to be a little bit more um you know working out other ways that you could do it and and things like that but i think that now the london embassy i believe is one of the, the the good ones and to be honest if you are turned down i think there is normally a reason why um yeah the funny thing is is when i looked at it all when i did a lot of research online there's a few things to mention one of them is that i actually found very very few maybe three or four people on the whole of the internet that had got turned down for an e2 visa yeah yeah and i saw thousands that got accepted so and people normally go on the internet to complain about stuff so yeah I think they actually accept most because most people go to so much effort to do it that they do normally get accepted. Yeah. And I think if they don't accept you, especially for the initial application, they normally I mean, yeah, they might say, you know, the business is marginal or which is their usual reason. I mean, some people say, oh, gosh, you still have to have um, a property in the UK, which you don't. Um you know, some people have have no, we, we we sold our property and we yeah yeah we'd, yeah, we'd put everything yeah, all we in. We do. Yeah. I mean, basically, people say, well, you know, they want to know that I've got um, you know ties to the UK. I mean, basically, you write a letter saying if my visa is denied, you know, when you go for your renewal, um, if my visa is denied, I will leave the US in a timely manner um, and return to live, you know, with my brother-in-law or something like that. 
And, you know, 99.9% of the time, I think that is sufficient. Um, but I do know there have been some people that have been told you have to have a, have to have a house, um, or have to have property there. And, you know, who's told them that? Is that an attorney that's told them that? Usually, yes. Yeah. Because yeah. I think and that's one of the main things to bring up is attorneys. Because I spoke to five when I originally did it. And I have to admit, in the end, I chose the wrong one. Um, And in the end, I did most of it myself. He was completely useless. He'd never done an E2 before, but he was um, done lots of other ones. And he essentially essentially said to me, look, I'll give you an amazing price because I want to do E2s and you can be my trial. Oh, gosh. (laughs) That was a stupid mistake. Trying to to save a bit of money here and there, that's the one (laughs) thing you don't want to save money on. Um, And I got so much different of advice that was completely conflicting. Um, And I had to piece it all together and try and work out how what I was best to do. And the funny thing is, I remember we had we had major problems, major problems with ours. I remember when we turned up to the um, to to, to get the interview, we were told that uh, my wife would just be able to get the interview and then we would just be I would just be there with her and the children wouldn't have to attend. Well, so we turned up and they said, James, you can't go in. You have to have your own interview. And literally a couple of years ago, they changed that. Now, he was in you know he was informed that it was the old way and it hadn't been informed that things had changed and they said at the front desk yep we still get this every single day people are being told the wrong information right. we had flights that were supposed to come back the whole thing in the end we managed to somehow sort it the passports arrived an hour before we were going to leave to go to the airport it was oh, a no. stressful <laughs> time um but i remember going uh, my wife originally was panicking she was in there getting the interview and she's saying what's happened is it possible for my husband to come in and they said no and then when I turned up the next time I, I saw the same lady and she goes oh, I remember seeing your wife she said just to let you know you can do this by yourself you do not need an attorney everyone yeah. spends all this money for attorney they're giving you the wrong information she said you can do it yourself she said if you've yeah. got any questions just call us and we will give you the answers yeah, I mean, if you go on the London Embassy website, it it does actually put out in fairly good detail what you need to do. Um, we came, the guy we used when we originally came here, um, he was kind of a, he did what it said on the can. Um, he wasn't my favourite person. Um, then we we then uh, we were only given an, a visa for two years when we first came back in 2003. Um, we used somebody different, um, an immigration attorney who we'd been told by a lot of people we should use. Um, and I still recommend her today. Um, she is the best person I know. Who is that? Um, Just by interest. It's no harm um, you giving a plug. A lady in Orlando called Lisa Khan. I've actually got her coming on the podcast I'm going to be recording shortly. So there you go. Okay, good, good. Um, Lisa has been a big supporter of the reform that I'm trying to do. Um, We've been two or three times with her to to Washington for the American Immigration Lawyers Association Days of Action um, and had the opportunity to meet with people that we probably wouldn't have been able to meet with on our own. Um, and she has fully supported us. Um, she comes to events that I have um, in in Florida, and um, you know is a, is happy to talk to people. She also gives advice on the Facebook page that we have. Um, but after we did our second um, renewal, 
when we came to do the next one, my husband said, you know what, I think I can do this myself. And we've now done uh, two ourselves. Uh, Well, I say ourselves, he's done it. And as I say, it's really just a case of following following the instructions that are there. You know, tab one, tab A is this, tab two, B, and you know, all that kind of thing. Um, it's slightly changed now that you um, put your application in online, which I expect you did. Um, and we were one of, when we did our we did our renewal in January last year, and I think we were one of the first people. And it did take three goes to get it right. It's a little bit complicated, but the actual information that you have to give is easy to get together. You know, if you've got tax, you should have tax returns. You should have W twos or or proof of paying 1099s or whatever um and you just follow the 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 stuff and you know i i i think if you a lot of people want an immigration attorney for their initial application um you know because that is a scary thing you know if i don't get the the visa blah 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 blah. but as you say you were given wrong information um well that's the thing i think if you uh, if you put money in escrow and find the business that you want to buy if you then do everything yourself if it gets rejected you haven't really lost anything that is very true yes yeah and i think also you know because when you go to the embassy people say oh gosh you know what do you get asked and nobody knows what you get asked you know you can be in there when we came over, the forum that was uh, I was on was a bit of a, you know, how short was your interview? You know, oh, and I think 45 seconds was about the shortest. Yeah. Um, you know, oh, I got asked three questions, you know. Um, and and I don't necessarily think if you get asked more questions, it's a it's a, you know, it's who you get on the day and yeah. what they're in. Well, <laughs> yes, yes and no. I, I, I have to admit I don't agree with that. But I, I, I think it's more than their job's worth to turn people down just because yeah. they're feeling bad. But I think, you know, you, what you have to think of is these people, you know, they're not running businesses. They're government employees. And they have to look at it and, like, tick the boxes. You know, have they got employees? Have, how much have they invested? Blah, 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 blah. Did, you know, did they get the money in the right way and, and all this kind of thing? And, you know, usually if you are turned down, there is a reason for it. And if I don't you, know if anyone who's are... been turned down at the interview stage. My understanding of it is, is normally the application's turned down. Once you've got the interview, I haven't heard of anyone actually been turned down at the interview. Have you? Um, I, yes and no, maybe for renewals more than. Okay. Um, the, the thing was when we did our, our, when we were put in for our first renewal back in 2005, the situation at the time was you put your paperwork in, they told you by letter, yes, you've been approved or no, you haven't. Okay. And if you've been approved, you then made your appointment. If you hadn't been approved, you could then send them more information. And we actually ended up having three lots of information going through because at that point there wasn't the tab A, tab B. They didn't tell you what they wanted to know. Um, so, you know, you, it was a bit like, you know, stabbing in the dark that you, you really didn't know what what it was that you were being, you know, we kept being told we weren't a, a real and operating company. And it was like, we're showing you our bank accounts. We're showing you, you know, 
orders and all sorts of things, you know. Anyway, eventually we got a, a, a an email, a, a letter saying, make an appointment. We turned up for the interview and the guy said to us as we walked in, I'm so embarrassed that you have to, have had to wait all this time. So we kind of thought, oh, gosh, I think we're in here. I think we're OK. Um, but, <coughs> excuse me. And we got five years and then we got another five years. And so then we got it was basically uh, they just made a mistake and everything was fine. Yeah, 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 you know, and I think stressful that's the though. <laughs> yeah, it was very stressful. And I think that's um, one of know, the things I, to mention is that this is not an easy process. Whatever process you go down, it's a big commitment for anybody. And yes. yeah, I think that's a big thing to bring up. Uh, there's a couple more things I wanted to chat to you about before we go. One of them is the EAD, um, the authorization to be able to work. And the funny thing is, I was told I didn't need it. Right. Um, because of the person who got, I think it was because of the person who got a green card. They had, didn't have it, and they won. They they went to court and actually won the fact that they didn't have it and they don't need it. So even though the advice is to everyone to still get it, the fact that that won, there is still that possibility that you could probably win it again. But obviously, it's whether you'd want to go to court to try and win that case. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, I can't really talk about that because I've never had a work authorization number because we were 50-50. We were and still are 50-50 visa holders. Um, that was just our... But still, people still, you've still got people on your Facebook group saying you still need it even if you're just working on the business. You know, it's very, yeah, very confusing. I've we've never we I've never had one in yeah. 15 years of being here and I hope I'm not opening myself up to people yeah. <laughs> you know jumping on me and saying yes you should have and all this sort of thing I'm sure um, you, there's people that will yes I'm sure um you know that I I think um if you are looking at being a main visa holder and a spouse the spouse definitely needs a work authorization number um I know it's a pain in the butt. I know it can take a little time and you have to renew it every couple of years, I believe, as because it's only issued to the time of your I-94, which is only two years, even if you've got a five year visa. Um, and, you know, potentially I've had people that have lost a job because they it's taken too long for their it's your opinion, but, whether it's your employed or whether you're self so because, for, for example, me, I'm going to be working technically through my business, even if it's a DBA of my current business. So my opinion of it is, is if you're working for yourself, and a lot of people have said that, if you're working through the business, it's fine. It's only when you're actually employed by somebody else that is an issue. I, I think that is that is how I have been led to believe it. But as I say, I'm not an expert on that yeah. side. And that's because, something I'm going to ask Lisa later. <laughs> yeah. Lisa is probably the person to to talk to about that. <laughs> and the last thing to talk to you about is actually the Facebook group because we talked about it off air um, earlier and you only allow people that are on an E2 already to join the group. Is that correct? Yes, yes. And there's a good reason for that. Um, there are other Facebook groups that do allow people who, who, are, who are looking to come on the E2 but I felt that the reason I set the, the Facebook group up was to be a support system to people who are here, you know, asking things like about their work authorization, asking things about, you know, 
can I go somewhere else to renew? Because once you've got your original visa, if you decide you want to go to the Dominican Republic or to Mexico or something, there is the possibility to do that. And I'm going to do a separate go. podcast, I think, on that. I'm going to do a separate okay. podcast right, well, on the renewal process as well. Yeah, but, but those are the sort of questions, along with things like, oh, you know, my I've just realised my I-94's run out yesterday. What the hell should I do? You know, down to... Oh, my, you know, my daughter's having real problems getting into a college, you know, can somebody help? And, you know, I I can't get health insurance for her while she's at school and they're telling me I've got to pay this much and things like that that do affect just the people. And I didn't want it to get overrun with people saying and, and I get people emailing me and I've got people who are asking to join the Facebook group. Some are, are literally, I'm having my interview next week. And I say to them, fine, as soon as you've been approved for the visa, let me know. And then you can join the group. Yeah. I have to approve everybody to join the group. Um, and I don't do that because I want the power of it or anything. It's that I don't want to upset everybody who's already and, in the group. I think it's a very good thing to do. The reason why I say that is, I'm a part of Brits in LA Facebook group, even though I don't technically live in LA. I live, you know, an hour or so outside of it. Right. But the funny thing is, is the amount of people that come on there and they literally say, "I, I'm on here on holiday. Um, I'm going to start a job tomorrow. Um, how do I, how do I get a green card to stay? You know, literally, yeah. the stupidest thing. That, I remember when we did, when we moved here, we did about three car boot sales. And when we, which would in the US, you would, um, it would be a garage sale. And when we did it, the lady opposite us started talking to us and, and she was like, yeah, I'm moving to America. We're like, oh, what visa are you on? She goes, what, what, what do you mean about a visa? She'd sold yeah. everything that she had. And she said, oh, I've got a nannying job lined up. And we're like, right, okay. And, she, and I think essentially <laughs> it was a cash in hand job for someone that she knew. And she was just like, I'm just going to, go there and stay there i'll work out the rest when i get there and obviously that's i think because some people do that in regards to like going to ibiza because yeah. part of the eu b- before you, <laughs> you yes. could just yes. move to somewhere in europe and just work out when they got there that's what she was thinking and there are that she's not the only one there are a lot of people that do exactly the same thing and you, know, you get other people saying you know does anybody know of a business I can buy? You know, what's the best kind of business for me to get an E2? Well, you can't tell somebody that. You, ca- yeah. you can't say to some, you know, I mean, I think it, one of the best ways is to have a, a kind of service business because, again, something we said about off-air is that if you have the kind of business like we have a pool servicing business, we were starting to earn money from the end of the first month that we were here. Um, you know, whereas if you have a different type of business, you might have to wait six months before you get your first payment. So you've obviously then got to bring enough money to live on for that time. And especially in California, that's quite a lot of money. Yes. You know, even in Florida, it was a, it was a lot of it's a lot of money. So, you know, so but you can't so you can't answer somebody what kind of business should I get? You don't know what their background is. You don't know what education they've had. You don't know what their jobs have been. So it, it's very difficult to to have people and that that was you know i as i say i've been on forums i've been on other face i'm 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 a member of other facebook groups um 
And, you know, they're asking those sort of questions and people are answering them. So I felt that the need was more for people who, who already are, had it. Well, who already have the visa. For people and I that are... people being rude to me who, who've yeah. said elitist and I'm stopping them, you know, asking and everything. And I understand the reason why. But if I start saying, yes, OK, I'll let you in then, you know, where do I draw the line? Yeah, completely. And, and, we and, have about and, 450 people in the group, and I don't want it to suddenly grow by another 200 people who my 400 people of core people are going to say, I'm not bothering going on there anymore because it's all people asking, how do I get Stupid questions, yeah. yeah. Uh, in regards to, um, the funny thing is, is one of the things I thought about was actually setting up a business where you help people come over on a visa especially with the e2 visa and not only do you help them you know decide what business they're going to be you help them through whether it's just a case of pushing them in the right direction of using attorney or do it themselves having a website set up and then helping them in regards to what bank like to go with i know yeah. when we first came yeah. here certain banks wouldn't let you set up unless you had a social other ones didn't and there's so much to learn that I have thought about setting that business up. And you'd actually be a good person to, to help with that if I ever did go forward with that. Yeah, um, yeah. But it's obviously it's that balance of spending so much time and effort on that and then also earning enough money to live. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And I, and I will say that I do an awful lot of that um, and I, I don't get paid for it. Exactly. You honestly, it's I, um... absolutely amazing the amount of work that you've put into this. And it's essentially charity work, really. And it really is incredible. And I'd like to thank you. And I'm sure everyone who's part of the Facebook group and all the people you have would like to thank you for that. Um, well, I, I just look at it as, you know, when I started getting into it, you you know, and I started getting more people and you start hearing people's stories and, you know, the good, as I said before, the good and the bad things. I, I, I've cried with people on the phone because, you know, they've had to go back or, or someone in their families had to go back. I've rejoiced with other people because they have managed to get a green card in whatever way. And I, I, I like doing that, but I'm, I'm one of those people that likes to see things through. Um, and I think that's why I've stuck at it. Believe me, I get a lot of, um, you know, hassle from my husband about, you know, oh, what are you doing now? You know, and I, I'm forever saying, come on, we got to go down to, you know, books a million because one of the, one of the, the um, reporters from the TV is going to be there doing a book signing. So we go and stand in line so we can just talk to them and say, hey, can I give you some information about the E2 visa? You know, maybe yeah. you'll talk about it on your uh, program and they never do. Um, so, you know, I, I do put myself out there, but I, I if I didn't enjoy doing it, I wouldn't be doing it. Um, and I I would like to think that I will see it through. But I think um, there's a lot of change at the moment. Um, my member of Congress, who has been a big help um, for many years, has just announced that he's not running for re-election yesterday. And that gave me a bit of a kick in the stomach, if I'm honest. Um, yeah, because you get so, somewhere with one person and then a new person comes yeah. in, you've got to start again. But... Yeah, and it's not just that one person. It's everybody in their office. And if yeah. you've got good... If you've got a, if they've got a good team of people who are happy to talk to you and work with you and potentially help you get in touch with other people, then that is a huge step forward. And I'm, 
I, 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 you know, we'll we'll see how that goes. But I but I don't give up on things. I I don't like to let people down. I don't like to, um, you know, not see things through to the end. Well, we all um, appreciate it, Zoe. And I think we'll, well, thank we'll, you see, very we'll, much. we'll stay in contact. And if there's anything which big news, you're going to put it on the Facebook group anyway. Yes. And yeah, then what we, we'll do, hopefully, if there's a major, you know, major changing point with the e2 visa any reason that, that comes up that changes what we'll do is we'll get you straight back on yeah, um and so that everyone can keep up to date with these types of things and and if someone wants to get hold of you um i don't know if you want to give out your email address just in case you yeah. get millions of people asking you the stupid questions that they do <laughs> i'm happy to a lot of the people i i probably have about 15 1600 people that i send out the newsletters that i write yeah. um you know when there's something to be told as I say, about a thousand of them are E2 visa holders. The others are people who are looking at coming. Some of them who are people who have been here and they've gone back for whatever reason. Some are immigration attorneys um, and they hopefully pass my information on to their, um, you know, E2 clients. So, you know, if if you are an E2 visa holder and you don't know about us, um, or if you would like to get an E2 visa and um, would like to get our newsletters to find out what's going on, the best way to contact me is by email, and that is e2reform at hotmail.com. Brilliant. Well, thank you so much for coming on the show to, uh, today, Zoe. Uh, I'd it's let... been a pleasure, James. Thank you for asking me. That's Yeah, honestly, it's been a real pleasure talking to you. And if anyone has any questions and they want to ask myself as well, you can email me. Uh, my email address is james at mrjamesgeorge.com. And, yeah, we'll hopefully have Zoe on again one day. As I said, we've got more podcasts coming up soon. And it was great having you on, Zoe, and, and have a good rest of the week. Okay, and just very quickly, James, tell yes. us how we can listen to your podcast. So the podcast, I have just literally come up with the, the name this morning. I'm going to call it The Green Card. All right, okay. Um, and the, the podcast is going to be available on SoundCloud, and it's going to be available through iTunes. So okay. what I'll do is when as soon as, as soon as it goes live, I'm going to be putting it up. I'll put it up on the Facebook group, E2 Tree to Investor Visa Holders, yeah. um, on there as well. And then you can obviously email it, um, the link to everyone, so that they can start subscribing to it as well if you want to put it on your newsletter. Yeah, I will definitely do that. Um, and just to say, if anybody is on an E2 um, and wants to join the Facebook group, um, they just find the group and ask, you know, apply to join. Um, there is a couple of questions that it's better if you can ask them, uh, answer them. And I do like to get an email address from people just so I can add them on to, to the to the newsletters. Um, the more people that we've got, um, details of, you know, where you are, what sort of business you do, which district you're in, um, the better for when we're lobbying. Yeah. Um, so, you know, that's why I do encourage people to give us an email address rather than just, um, you know, be on the Facebook group and not ever do anything. So, um, but yes, wonderful. Hope to hear from, from people and thank you again and um, we'll chat again soon. Brilliant. Thank you very much, Zoe. All right. Take care. Thank you. Bye. Bye.